All right, we live there. Thank you guys for tuning in to Life Him Podcast. I'm your host, uh, James Lloyd. Uh, today, I have an honored uh, member of the uh, society that I was once a part of, Mr. Kendrick Fulton. I want to welcome him to Life Him Podcast and all our wonderful guests out there. Now, I can really introduce Mr. Uh, Fulton, but who better to introduce themselves than Mr. Fulton himself? So, Mr. Fulton, can you give the people a little piece of you, sir? My name is Kendrick Fulton, like the, like he just said. I go by Ken Fulton. I wanted to laugh when you say uh, the community that we came from. You know, uh, we're going to get into it. We'll talk about our backgrounds, where we've been at. But uh, I'm Ken. Uh, I'm from Texas. Um, I just been released from federal prison. We're gonna get into all that, but uh, I'm Ken from Texas. Uh, it's good to be on the show. I thank I thank the brother for reaching out to me and uh, allowing me opportunity to share uh, a, a lot of information that I got. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, uh, 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 Mr. Fulton, or Brother Fulton, because you remember the body of Christ, so I'm gonna say Brother Fulton. Hey, man. <laughs> Listen. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when I reached out to you, bro, now, let me go before that. I happened to, you know, be searching through TikTok and I looked over there and I said, life in the feds. I said, well, who, what's this about? So I think one of your little, one of your videos was about uh, spitting in the sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while, you, while you brush your teeth. And I said, hold on, I got to watch this now. <laughs> So, but when I when I begin to scroll, I begin to see your story, and you know, it inspired me. So I said, you know, uh, the one of the reasons for me to have my my podcast, like him, was to to give back life into men out there, young men, women, and and hopefully women like their mothers and grandmothers or whatever, so they can understand, you know, what their sons might be going through. So you know, I I'm a firm believer that. If you experienced it, then you able to go out and share it because that becomes your testimony. Right. So I believe, I believe God God brought us through those many years that we you know we had to spend uh, behind those uh, fences and walls to come out here and be an inspiration to these young men out here. So when I seen your testimony, I said I got me one right there, and I reached out to you, and I want to tell you thank you, brother. Hey man, thank you, man. This is my first. This is my first uh, interview. This is my first like live anything. So. If I be a little nervous, if I mess up, you know, y'all forgive me because, you know, hey, they ain't I'm actually about 68 days. <laughs> Can you hear? I'm actually about 68 days from being out. So I'm already doing a podcast. So that's how I show how good God is. That's right. You know, that's uh, right. Like you said, our experiences, what we go through. It's kind of breaking up a little bit. So try to help somebody avoid what I've been through. Uh, whether it's, whether uh, I know how mothers feel having a loved one incarcerated. I know how spouses feel. You know, I know how children feel. So I just wanted to just share my experience, man. I thank you, James, for allowing me to. And uh, going forward, you know, um, I, I just welcome everything that the Lord has for me. All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. How did it feel, uh, Brother Fulton? When they actually 
open those gates and allow for you to walk out a free man, a, a so-called almost free man. How did it feel? Well, man, it started back in April, April, April this year when they signed the CARES Act. Everybody was thinking they was getting twelve hundred dollars stimulus. You know, everybody was getting that twelve hundred dollars stimulus money. Well, us in federal prison, we were actually getting a way to come home. They put in the CARES Act a provision for, for first time offenders or put it another way for people that have a low pattern score. And what the Bureau of Prisons is doing with your pattern score, they have this stuff down to a science. They can tell if you're minimum risk to return to prison, if you're a low risk to return to prison, if you're a medium risk or if you're a high risk to return to prison. They have all that. So uh, uh, you had to meet that. You had to have 50 percent of your time done and you had to be a minimum risk to return to prison. And if you met that criteria, you were able to go home. So when my case manager came and told me that, I'm like, man, I got 12 years left. Man, come on, man. Two, 2032, you serious? He's like, yeah. You got an address? I said, yeah, I got an address. So, so this was in April. He put me in for May 25th. And it took a while. My date came back to July 16th. Well, July 16th comes around. We got some COVID infections. Uh-oh. So my date moves from July 16th to like August 4th. Couple of weeks, you know. Right, it's been yeah. 17. It's been 17 years. What's two more weeks? Hey, Amen. <laughs> I can do I can do two weeks on my head. I can stand on my head and do two weeks. So so July 16th rolls around. We got the COVID infections. It goes from July until August 25th. So then it gets real bad. COVID is everywhere. Can right. nobody leave to October? Can nobody right. go home to October? So I'm like, man, you know what? They trying to take this back. Man, they ain't letting nobody go. They ain't, they ain't letting nobody go. So I go from August 25th to October 3rd, back to October, August 29th. That didn't work because you have to quarantine. The BOP made you quarantine before you leave. Okay. So the problem was putting you somewhere to quarantine you to 21 days before you could release. So now I'm August 25th to September 25th. And then I finally left September 30th. But all the way up to September 29th, oh. I can't, man, they ain't going to let me out of here, man. Something going to happen. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, man. Okay. So I'm finally going to R&D. You know how that feel? You're in R&D. Yes. My, my son, my son sent me some clothes. I got on some free world clothes now. You know, I'm like, oh, I got on some. <laughs> I got on some different stuff, but all the way to the door, I'm like, man, they're gonna be like, nah, come back. We made a mistake. So when I got to the door, you might have seen my video. I'm, I'm running out of there. I ain't looking back. I'm running. <laughs> okay. So uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I know the feeling. So, yeah, you're running in there. So let me ask you this question. I mean, you was running out of there. So how did it feel to be almost dragged in there? To, oh, to go in? Yes, that's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. How did it feel? Tell us about how did it feel after the judge sends you to all those many months? And they don't send it, they don't give it to you in years. They give it to you in months, so you can you can be like, 
25 years is different than 300 months or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's all different. It's a psychology behind it. But how did it feel on that date when the judge sends you to those 400 months in federal prison? Well, you know, back when we came in, the guidelines were mandatory. Right. So we were looking at mandatory sentences. Well, I went to trial. I went to trial in August. I got found guilty August 7th. So they did, they did the pre-sentence investigation. The pre-sentence investigation came back like in September. We filed objections. Well, you know, the pre-sentence investigation told me that, hey, your sentence is 360 months to life. So I knew this a month before sentencing that I'm at 360 to life. Right. So now forget what the judge said. When I first get the PSI, with that this a month before the judge, I'm looking right. at 360 months. You know, 10 is 10 is 120, that's 240 right. is 20, 360, that's 30. They stop you and make you do some math. Hey, so mind you, listen, I'm 30 years old at the time. Hmm. I'm only 30 years old. And I'm like, man, they're gonna give me the same amount of time I've been alive. Whoa. I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, baby. So when I get to court, I'm 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 traveling with a new U.S. Marshal, young kid. We about the same age, mm. and I'm looking at him like, man, I was in the wrong business. He working for he a U.S. Marshal. Yeah. I'm on my way to prison. Yeah, he on his way to a career with the government. He got pension, four hundred one k's, retirement, and everything. everything. What did did you get him? Huh? Did you a four hundred one k when you came home? No. <laughs> what, about, what about retirement? They gave retirement. They gave him this ankle monitor, this leg monitor. <laughs> but you know, how, but how did it feel? Seriously, the first day that you actually walked into your unit of the institution that you was in, how did it feel? Well. You know, going to trial, uh, experiencing that, experiencing uh, witness testimony, experiencing all the things that come with that, I was kind of, I was kind of, I was kind of shook on how to hold. Now I was, I got arrested May fifteenth, two thousand three. I went to trial and got sentenced and was on a compound in December. Lord, that's so seven months. That's that's the rocket docket. <laughs> yeah, I was on the rocket docket. <laughs> yeah, so in seven months, my whole life changed. Mm. And that's why I tell people trouble is easy to get in, get into, it's hard to get out. In seven months, my whole outlook changed. So when I when I hit the my first institution was Oakdale, Louisiana. Oh Lord. Terrible. So Terrible. When I get off the bus, yeah, when I get off the bus, of course, dude, where you from? Who you run with? They want your paperwork. That the third. I don't run with nobody. Yeah, amen. Yeah, they want your paperwork. <laughs> but the, I got blessed to go to a medium security. So ain't that many dudes coming to prison with 400 months in prison. Right. So once you get off the bus and you tell them what kind of sentence you got, they're going to back up anyway. They're going to like, man, okay, you know. you know. He all right. Either. <laughs> yeah, he, listen, you got too much time to be. <laughs> right. But, you know, let me let me tell you this, right? 
So, when, you know, I arrived at USP Atlanta. So as I walk into the unit, you know, all my homeboys, they want to see my paperwork and all that. So I'm a little worried. So, I, you know, I, my paperwork's straight now. So I ain't worried about that. I'm worried about who I'm going in the cell with. So I go in, I go into the cell yeah. and I, I get a guy my paperwork. He laughed at me. He said, oh, you ain't got no time. You ain't got number 25 years. I said, what? <laughs> Listen, but then he gave me his paperwork and it said two life sentences. I said, you know what? You're right. I ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so at that point right there, I, you know, I, you know, all the anxiety and you know, all the frustration, it all it reminded me that it's always gonna be somebody worse than you. So that right there, it kept me. It's always yeah, always, always, always. So, so how how were you how were you able to, to uh, regain hope and inspiration throughout those years? Well, growing up. And especially in, in the black community, growing up, I grew up in church. Okay. Growing up in Houston, Texas, I went to Holy Temple Church of God in Christ on Reed Road in South Park. Okay. Uh, I, I grew up in church, so when I when I was in when I got to prison, you know, I got to get back to what I know. Hey, Amen. The way I was the way I was going, this way this look where it ended me up at. So you know what? Let me rethink this thing, because I. I don't, I don't want no more of this because this this this, this got me in here. <laughs> this got me standing up and down. This got me being locked down. So I, I got back, I got back to, to, to my relationship with God. And I tell right. God, when I was on the street, I had what's called churchianity. I didn't have Christianity. Okay. I had, you know, you going to church on Wednesday, you're saying your Easter speech, you're saying your <laughs> Christmas speech, you know. <laughs> But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to know God for who He really. I didn't get to understand His Word. I didn't get to understand what was going on when Paul wrote this letter. What right. was going on when David wrote this song? So now I'm able to sit back, you know, to understand when the Word says it was good that I was afflicted. That's right. That I might not sin against you. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. You you know, uh, before I left. Uh, as I was, you know, like a couple of weeks, everybody asked me questions because I, I left from like an institution I was only in for like uh, about uh, 16 months before I went home, which was minor correctional institution. And a young guy asked me, he said, Brother Lloyd, he said, how did you do those 21 years? Because he was he was fresh and he was new in. And I said, you know what, bro, I'm going to tell you, I didn't do it. God did it for me. You know, and it seemed Amen. like it seemed like my life went like this and the next thing you know i was home but when you yeah that's, that's what it seemed like that's right when you begin to trust in the lord and give him all your heart and all your soul he say i'm a burden bearer and that's what he did for me he, he brought me through and i don't know about you but myself throughout those 21 years in incarceration i had not got in any trouble i had not got in any fights and I'm not the biggest man. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not the toughest man. But my, them angels that right. were around me, and I know they were around you, they carried it through. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, Brother Lord, you know, when you sit back and, and I think about it, you know, it, it really took me a decade to just really start understanding some things. It really took me a decade in prison to it took the lord let me take let me rephrase that 
it took the Lord about 10 years to get some things out of me. You know, uh, it's just, it, I look back, I'm a first time offender. I don't have any criminal history. So had I gotten five or 10 years, I would have went to the camp. If I don't went to the camp, there's no fence. There's no lockdowns. There's no drama. There's no politicking. That wouldn't have did me no good. I needed to see some, some life plus 60, life plus 20, 480, some 40-year sentences. I needed to, 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 and the Lord knows what he needs to give us to get some certain things out of us. So I just look at it, and I used to be in the law library, and guys would be crying, man, they got 57 months. They got <laughs> 76 months. Yeah. And I'd be looking at like, but the Lord told me, hey, that's they 400. That's all wow. they can take. That's all they can take. See, I'm made, I'm made different. You made different. Everybody can't do 21 years. Everybody can't do 17 years. Amen. The Lord knows. Yes. But you know what? I tell you what. I begin to say that when they say the Lord say you can't put, he not going to put uh, something on you that you can't bear. At times I had to question him because I was like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. But he was like, give me your hand. I got you. And he brought me through just like he did you. Hey, 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 brother Lloyd, listen. I got the year 15. Everything <laughs> got denied, first of all, first and foremost. Everything got denied. I'm still on crack powder disparity. Obama changed that 10. I'm still under the 101. It's 18 yeah. to 1, but I'm still under the 101. I, hey, yeah. I've lost, I ain't won nothing. But you know what? At year 15, I just sat down and said, you know what, Lord? You done brought me 15. We're on the back side of this thing. We got 12 more. Right. You know what? It, it's funny right. that we think like that. We actually think like that. You, we like, in our minds, it's like, well, we, we did the majority of it, and we got five, ten more years to go. And I'm like, the mindset, you had you had to program your mind like that. Yeah. You have to. You have to, man. A buddy of mine, he had life plus 60. And he did 20, 22 years. So we used to walk the track and we used to talk. And we would be like, hey, man, he just came in. He got 10 years. And we'd be like, oh, he'll be all right. He all right. He got, that's only 10 years. So we had to stop. It's like, hey, wait a minute. We tripping. Right. We, we said that he only got 10 years and he all right. Man, that's, that's 10 years. <laughs> That's right. But we've done so much time to where it's like, oh, he'd be all right. Ain't number yeah. 10. Ain't number eight. You got yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Brother Fulton, let me ask yeah. you this. What did you used to tell the young men coming in who might look at us as old timers or, or guys that have been in for a, a, many, a number of years? How would you try to mentor those young men? Man, that, it's funny you say that. They look at us as we being old. I still play a little ball. I still shoot a little hoop. So, <laughs> Hey, so the dudes will pick me up. Hey, school, you want to play? I'm oh, like, no. school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, school, you gonna play? I said, oh, I'm school now, huh? I'm school. Right. Hey, I used to tell the guys, brother Lloyd. I said, hey man, listen, you know, uh, you're getting another chance. You got five years, you got seven years, you got 10 years. Hey man, when you get out, make the best of your opportunity. I said, right. me. My first time was my last time. They 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 tried to deaden me my first time. They tried right. to get me all the way out the way. So 
don't be like me. Right. You know, uh, I used to envy guys too. You see guys that's career offenders that's been to prison four and five times with less time than me. Mm. And I'm like, you've been here before and you've gotten out and you're back. I said, man, I need to experience this one time. I don't want no more of this. That's it. But the Lord knows, brother Lord. The Lord knows exactly, you know. Yes. So the let Lord me ask knows you, what we need. And how I'm did you, brothers. Yes. How, how did you, were you programming while you were in there, which means were you educating yourself? How did you educate yourself while you were there? Well, for the first, now I want to say the first decade, I worked in a law library. Okay. So I, I was really, I really got enough hours to be a paralegal. Uh, oh. Of course, I stayed up on current events. Of course, I've, uh, you know, I've taken some culinary arts classes. I took okay. a nine months culinary arts. I've taken a, a, a manufacturing class at Leavenworth. We had manufacturing. I've taken, uh, I, you, you got so many programs you take. Forklift, uh, HVAC. I've taken so many programs to where I, I even learned the SAP program, the SAP accounting program in yeah, Unicor. Yeah, I was yeah. in the business office working, you know, so okay. it's, it's a lot of stuff that you pick up over the years that you just put in the put in the basket. Right. So, you know, let, let me ask you this. Like, you know, was it everything that you accomplished prior to prison? When you look back, I want you to tell our viewers, was the money worth the time? No, not at all. I used to sit back and think. I said, hey, man, if I was working at McDonald's, they got to be getting at least $1,000 a month at McDonald's. <laughs> That's 12000 a year. <laughs> I'm like, I could, I could probably pick up. I was making 23 cents an hour. I'm like, man, I probably could pick up cans and make more money than this. Yes. And it, it's definitely not worth it. Can, can you tell uh can, can you tell our viewers first of all I want you to explain to them what Unicor is and then I want you to tell them the biggest check you made in a month and how many hours did you work that month well Unicor is federal prison industries and that's where uh they get government contracts they make certain things like uh military vests they do uh, uh actually they make our clothing Unicor makes all our clothing uh, they, they they're doing all kind of stuff, but you're basically doing it for I think the most you can make is a dollar fifteen an hour. That's and that's at Unicorn. That's like the highest paying job in prison. You making a dollar, maybe a dollar fifteen an hour, and maybe my biggest check may have been three hundred dollars a month, uh, and that's what that's what a fifty percent bonus. And I, I might have worked about, yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know. I might have worked about probably 200 hours, probably 175 hours for $300. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and, and just, so it's, and, def it's definitely not worth it. Right. As we were talking about that Marshall, that young Marshall that brought you in and everything, I, I worked in, I think I worked in Unicor for about 15 years of my incarceration. But after those 15 years, you know, the only thing they gave me when I left, they gave me a certificate and a $25 bonus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you bonded though, right? Oh yes, 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 yes. So I, hey, you know, you're I, bonded. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I mean, I I did end up getting into the bonding program and all that. Yes. 
So, you know, let me let me ask you this. As as you worked all those hours, you know, uh, did it allow for you and you, as you got your, you know, your monthly pay, did it allow for you to call your children? Did it allow for you to like do certain things that you, you know, you wish you could? Were you able to use that money for them in any way? Yeah, um, you know, the, the phone, the phone was has been 23 cents a minute forever. And we get 300, we get 300 minutes. So you can put up $69 on the phone and you can use the whole 300 minutes. So what I would do is I would just like save up for different days, like for birthdays. You know, if a birthday came, they need something. Or if 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 if, if, if my, my kids' mother, if they needed something, you know, I would I would be able to send it off, off my books like that. But as far as taking care of your kids and all that, no, that's that's not happening. That's right. That, that's not happening. So you you know uh you know since we don't I I said that for a reason to I wanted to bring up the fact of I seen you interact with your daughter on TikTok after those many years of not being home. How did it feel to come home and not have to use that unicorn money or whatever working in that factory to spend your hard-earned money or your money period on your daughter when you came home? How did that feel? Man, that that, that felt so good. We 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 were. Uh... I was getting me a jacket just this weekend and she got her jacket and she showed my daughter so independent. She was trying to pay for it. I'm like, no, <laughs> you, you, you know, daddy's home now. I got this. That's right. You know, I got you, yeah. you know, so man, it, it, it was just amazing. And uh, another thing, Thanksgiving, I slept in for Thanksgiving. So what? my cousin from Colorado calls me, he calls me. And the time is different. It's a little earlier, you know, in, in Colorado. He said, hey, cuz, I wanted to call you, man. He said, man, this is the first time the phone ain't going to hang up in 15 minutes. Hey, man. This is the first time I get to talk to you and we ain't got to rush and, you know, and you got to get back in line and call. I'm, and I ain't thinking about it. I'm like, dang, right. cuz, you're right. I could just call and, you know. Right. <laughs> we don't have to press five or nothing. Ain't got to do none of that, you know. Yes, it don't so, hang up. So, I mean, how 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 does it feel to know that you can contact and you can speak to your children almost any time of the day that you know right now? How does that feel? Hey man, man, that that feels so good. Actually, I've gotten on my kids' nerves a little bit because they're telling me, "Hey, daddy." Don't nobody Facetime. You want to Facetime when you talk to people? <laughs> they said, "Don't nobody do that." <laughs> I said, wait a minute. What you mean? Like, Daddy, you want to FaceTime everybody whenever you call. Don't nobody like that. I said, look, right. I haven't seen y'all. I don't know. I haven't seen y'all, so I want to see y'all. Yes. You know, it's not old to me. That's right. One of the, you know, one of the things that kept me throughout those years was the fact of, you know, of my children. You know, and children, they play a major role in especially into a man's life as and when he comes home and he begins to see all his mistakes. So, you you know, you begin to weigh things and you said, the time that I spent away from my children, I don't care if I made millions of dollars out there. That time that you missed from those children, you could never get back. So how do your children, yeah. how, do, how do they feel now that, that they know really that they can, they have accessibility to their dad? How, how do they feel? Man, you know, uh, uh, 
being gone so long, I've missed out on so much. Right now, I'm just rebuilding relationships. Right, right. now, I'm available, but I don't want to push too hard. Right. I don't want to press too hard because for the last 17 years, they've been doing their own thing. They've been pretty much, you know, coming and you know, coming and going. So they're more drawn to their mothers. Right. I see that they're more. You know, they, they spend more time with their mom and I, and I see how they interact with their mom and I'd be like, dang. And then the, uh, uh, my kid's mother, they're, uh, when I hear them like kind of upset with the kids, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I ain't I ain't had a chance to be upset with them. You know, you, you upset, you'd have had them all this time. And they like, you need to come get them. Well, you, you know, you, they need to come with you. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I mean, you know, to be, to be out there in those streets, you know, you never really think about, you know, the impact that it can have on your family. I don't know. I didn't see. Uh, are, are any of your parents alive right now? Yeah, my, my mother's still living. I lost my father in 2018. OK, so you were incarcerated through that, you know. So so has this drawn you closer to your mother? Oh, definitely, man. I'm actually I'm in the process of trying to relocate and move to where my mother is right now. Okay. So now now my mother and my sisters, you know, we FaceTime all the time. We be we have about four or five people on the call. We you know, we 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 roll. Right. <laughs> you know that I mean that's that's so good, you know. I this I don't want to tell my story. I want to know about your story. Everybody going to get to hear about my story, but this this is about Mr. Brother Fulton. But brother Fulton, I really, you know, the lives the times that we spent throughout our incarceration, I won't the young people to hear really your story. What caused you, even though you told me and you told our audience that, you know, you did know about the Lord and everything, what caused you to want to live that so-called criminal lifestyle? It, it ain't so-called that criminal lifestyle. I'm going to call it what it is. That's what, that's what it is. Hey, man, listen, you know, you know, our era, you know, we come up in the 90s, you know, we come up with, with, with the, it was just more of a I can't really explain it uh, in, in, in normal terms. It was just more of just a, a lifestyle. You addicted to the lifestyle. You addicted to the name. You know, uh, it's just, you know, it got to the point to where people would just call me Ken Fulton. That's all you would know. You would just say, hey, this is Ken Fulton. And they would call me by my whole name, which is something I didn't really like. I didn't really <laughs> like that name. Right. Because I'm Ken. You know, hey, just call me Ken. Why are you saying Ken Fulton? It was like that was the name. Mm. So when I got indicted, it said United States of America versus Kendra Jermaine Fulton, oh, a.k.a. So <laughs> I want to hear the a.k.a., but I want people to hear that because this is what they need to know. On your indictment, it was just you, your co-defendants, was, was how many you say it was? It's 20 of us. Okay, so it's it's 20 of y'all against the United States government and all they yeah. power. You yeah. know, when they say your arms, your, your arms to a short to box with God, same thing go for the government. We don't have enough enough power, we don't have enough money to beat the government. Not not at all. You know, so not at all. yeah, so yeah, they 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 got the aka Ken Fulton. So I'm like, man. It's real now. Right, right. This is what you signed up for. You got to put your big boy pants on now. 
you know, and, and for, for all these people out here in gangs and this and that, I want people to know, did you, those so-called friends that you had who glorified Ken Fulton, where were they at throughout your incarceration? Well, you know, uh, the real friends reached out to me. Okay. And this is not a knock on anybody else because, you know, if you get in trouble, you got to take your lick. You got to go do what you got to do. Right. But the ones who were there for me, they would, they know who they are. But, you know, the, the, the fair weather friends, the ones that were there just when things were going good, of course, they're going to fall off. But the, the real ones were there. And even when I came out, they, they, they still here. But right. I was more of a, a, I won't say a private person. But I, I just moved a little different. So I didn't really, and then I don't know. I, I, I Once I got all that time, Brother Lord, I kind of just like shut everything down. Okay. You know, hey, I'm doing time. You know what's going on with me. You know, hey, live your life. Whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever. Look, I'm in prison. You know, I don't want nobody. It's bad enough my kids are going through it. It's bad enough my mother, my father, and my sisters are going through it. So, uh, but make no mistake about it. The ones that's with you when it's going good, most of the time, they're not going to be with you when it go all bad. They're not going right. to be with you. You know, and I want the people to know that I'm speaking from my personal experience. You speaking from your personal experience. Now, young men, young women, take it and do what you want. We telling you how it is. Hey, but you know what, brother, brother Lord? Uh, I, was, I was one of those young men at one time. I was one of those that didn't listen. I could have watched this show in 1995, 1996, 1998, and I'd have been like, you know what? I ain't gonna listen. I had some friends, brother Lord, that were actually in federal prison. I used to actually go visit my friends in federal prison. I got pictures with guys in federal prison. I'm sending them money, I'm going to see them, and I still didn't listen. So oh. me telling them, you telling them, it's not going to stop nothing. The only thing I tell people, the only thing that's going to change somebody, the only thing that's going to change you is the gospel. Without the Amen. gospel, you dead. That's what kept me through. That's what that's got me through. It's the gospel. Without right. the gospel, man, we, we just talking. That's right. Because if, if, if I can talk you into something, somebody else will come behind you, me and talk you out of it. Right. You know, I mean, you have you have several of those young men and women out there that go through those scare straight programs. They take them through that. But yet still, they still fall in the system. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm firm. I believe you. You know, only God can change your heart. You know, but you, have, you have to be willing to surrender. I tell the guys, I say, hey, man, listen, when the police came to get you, you put your hands up. You got in that police car and you went. Yeah. That's the same thing with law, but you got to give up. You, you, right. you, you, you got to give up. You got to say, you got me. <laughs> you got me. I'm yours. <laughs> right. you know, and that's the only thing that's going to keep you. Yes. So how has your transition been coming home? How have you been able to deal with technology? Boy, you're doing good on TikTok, though. I'm telling you, you're doing your thing. How, <laughs> how has it been adjusting to all that? Hey man, it's it's been fun. I've uh 
I've gotten on my kids' nerves, asking a lot of questions. Show me how to do this. How does this work? How does that work? So finally, I just get it and get to playing with it. And you know, yeah. I get to I can go to YouTube and ask some questions. You know, I'm hey, it's it's fun to me. Everything yeah. is a first to me, brother Lloyd. Right. Everything's a first. So I'm just enjoying it. Right. I'm I just you know. I tell everybody I love YouTube. I call YouTube YouTube University. You know. <laughs> Just the other day, I didn't know how to change this uh, temperature thing, you know, for the heater. I didn't know how to do that. So where I go, I went to YouTube and I hooked it up. Right. Well, you know, when I left, we we would buy something and the instruction would be in the box. And right. we would never read the instructions. <laughs> we just we just try to put it together. Right. But So I still have a little bit of that in me. Yeah. I download an app. And I won't go through the tutorial. I'll just get to messing with it. And then I got to go back and read the tutorial. I, I, I still got a little bit of that. I don't really follow instructions. So so what are, yeah. what are, what are your actual plans while you're home? What, what, what's your plan of action? What are you planning on doing? Right what's now, I'm looking into uh, logistics. I'm looking into logistics. I'm looking to get in a box truck, uh, uh, maybe contract it out. Or maybe uh, uh, do some other things with it. When I got arrested, I had two rental properties. And actually, when 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 the feds came to get me, I was at Home Depot buying a toilet for one of my rental properties. So I was just getting trying to get into the real estate. So eventually, I would like to get back to that. But right now, I'm trying to get me a truck, a box truck, and, 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 and start making money that way. I, I want to do something that I can do for myself. Uh, but if I got to go work with somebody, I will. But right now, I'm just trying to get me a truck and, and learn that business. Because uh, uh, even with COVID, you know, uh, stuff still got to be delivered. Stuff still got to be shipped. That's right. So that, that's one business that's that, that's going to withstand COVID. Okay. So I want to ask you this since we, you know, you're, you're a man of God. Do you see a difference in the church today compared to the church that you left from back then? Oh yeah, I, I see. I see. I see a big difference. Uh, you know, we we have a a Bible study, a bunch of brothers, a bunch of brothers, Zoom, and we and we we do a Bible study. So, in 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 prison, it was like a a more in your face accountability type thing. Mm -hmm. You know, in prison in the church, you can't be singing in the choir, and then go have a poker table in the yard. During the week, we, they gonna, hey, they gonna slide up on you. The brothers gonna slide up on you. Hey, listen, hey man, we love you. We want you to keep coming, but you can't be. You, you can't give those two. And, and it, I, on the street, I, I'm, I'm learning this, brother Lloyd. I can't be so aggressive. I can't be so direct. Right. Because you can't, you can't run them up top out here. Even in prison, huh? You can't run them up top out here. You can't run them up top out here. No, listen. Hey, I was in, I was in prison, right? I'm with gang members, bank robbers. I'm with all kind of people, and I would say something to them, and they would get offended. Mm -hmm. So I know if the rough and tough get offended, yes, the people that ain't never been in no trouble. If I say something to them direct, they gonna really be offended. <laughs> so I'm learning that. Uh, to, to, to tune it down, uh, I, I was telling somebody yesterday though. I said one thing. One thing you got to know. 
if you love somebody, you tell them the truth. That's right. If, if somebody's doing something they don't have no business doing, you got to tell them. Mm-hmm. And that's because you love them. If you don't love them, you don't have to tell them the truth. That's if true. that house is on fire, if that house is on fire and I love you, hey, man, don't go in there. Hey, man, get out of there. The house is about to burn down. I love you. Come on out. Yeah. But if I don't love you, I'm going to let you burn up in there. Right. And that's the same thing with the church. You know, as believers, you know, uh, everything has to be done in love. Mm-hmm. Let's get that understood. And some people think it's sometimes what I'm seeing about the church out here is that they think it's unloving to tell people the truth. And that's right. not the case. Right. You I'm, love them. You tell them the truth. And I, I feel that, you know, you have to tell people about sin. It can't always be about the monetary aspect. The God going to always bless you and this and that. And you're going to go to heaven. You got to tell them about sin and hell. And that's what I don't really see in the church out here today. You have a few, but majority of them, they don't do that. You know, with the gospel, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. But without the bad news, it's not good news. You got to give them the bad news. You got, got to. And, and no one wants to hear that man is a sinner in need of a savior. That's mm-hmm. the bad news. The bad news is we all are sinners in need of a savior. That's right. The bad news is the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. Right. But the right. good news is Jesus Christ, has done, Jesus Christ has done it all. Right. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ can set you free. That's the good news. And you know, uh, when I when I reached out to you and we had our first phone conversation, we talked about that sharpening, that uh, that iron sharpening, you know, each, itself. And as as believers, as men, you know, going through whatever we went through, we have a testimony, and I feel that our testimonies need to be administered to these, you know, to other men out there to sharpen them up. What do you feel about that? Oh man, definitely. You know, uh, I know me personally. Now, I I I, I like different preachers. I like expository preachers. I like to be taught. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, uh, some preachers don't have the experience that I have. But as I've, I've grown in my faith, I can still listen to them. But as 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 a, as a younger, b- before I matured some, I would like to listen to some people that's been through some things. Mm-hmm. And it's like that today. People are kind of more listen to you if you've been through some things, if you experience some stuff, especially something they haven't experienced. If you've overcame some stuff, if you've overcome cancer, then I can believe I can believe if you if you believe the Lord to overcome cancer, then my little headaches, my little <laughs> my little arthritis ain't nothing. You know, my little foot pain. You don't right. believe the Lord for cancer. Right. <laughs> and you know, so, that. yeah. So it's good, man, and that's what we do on our our Bible studies. Brothers, just sharpen brothers, keep yeah. keep keep with brothers on on point. If we get off, because you know how us men, we we'll get off if right. we not if we not connected to the body or in the pack, we, we'll get off. Right. So okay, speaking of that, okay, because I'm gonna let you know you started this, but I'm gonna ask you this. So coming, you know, being where you were throughout all those years to come out here. And see these beautiful women. I don't know if you were married, engaged, or whatever. But if you weren't, <laughs> would the temptation been would have had would have had affected you? Now I was married in prison. I'm divorced now. Okay. So now, getting out? Are you saying 
what would the temptation of go ahead and rephrase it. You didn't know I was I'm not married, so go ahead. Now I can say what I want to say. So yeah. did you see your eye, did you catch your eyes wandering sometimes? Oh, you you definitely catch your eyes wandering, <laughs> especially being where, where I've been, and you know, you, you look, but you 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 have to check yourself, right? And then I don't get out that much. I'm on home confinement. So when I get a pass, I can only go to certain places. So it's not like I'm there to just hang out. So you look and, but I mean, you, you, you don't have no lustful look. It's like, hey, she's nice looking. You know, that's a nice looking lady. Hey, that's a nice looking lady. It, and I've been seeing, I've been around men all these years. So it's good to, hey, that's a nice looking lady. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But you know, that's what I'm talking about. I love the realness, you know, and genuineness, you know, because some men come out here, you know, they're thinking that, you know, they are they always gonna be protected and this and that. But Satan, he got ways of throwing some curves at you. Oh, he definitely do. Yeah. He definitely do. You have to you have to set up guardrails. You have to set up parameters. You have to set up boundaries. Right. You know. Uh, but being rooted and grounded in the word. You know, Job said, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. That's right. That I may not sin against you. So you got to watch what you look at. Right, right. You got to watch. And, and, and you remember Lot. <laughs> Lot pinched his tent towards Sodom. Yes. Lot was looking at that stuff. <laughs> then later on, he was living down there. <laughs> so he looked too long. <laughs> right. And you see, you see what happened to his wife when she took a peek back. You see? So listen, I got these glasses on. When I take them off, I really can't see. So when I go in the grocery store, I just take these glasses off. That way, I, if I do look, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> and you know, brother, brother Ford, I'm telling you, it's good. You know, it's good that you know uh, you and I connected. And you know, I needed this. I don't know about nobody else, but I needed this because, like you, I'm getting back in focus. Yeah, you know, I, I've been I've been home for like last week was like. Two years I've been home now, and you know I find myself doing things that I know I know I know they're wrong. Yeah, you see, but you sharpening me, and other men need to see this. The young men that the young you, you I wish the young you could have really seen this and listen. I wish the yeah, young you me too. <laughs> so before we close out, this is what I want you to do because we only have a, our time is limited. If you could, what would you tell the young you? And we're gonna pretend like the young you is another young man that you could be trying to, you could be saving their life and they soul right now. What would you tell them or you? I would tell the young Ken Fulton. I was like, hey, listen, you you you're not a dumb person. You you're pretty sharp. You know other stuff to do. You you you're a people person. You got good communication skills. You're well spoken. Hey, you're not even bad to look at. You even easy on the eyes. So listen, you can do something different. Instead of leading these people, these people are looking up to you for your life, looking up, looking up, looking up to you because of your lifestyle. They're, they, they're calling you Ken Fulton and they know this and they know that and you're this, you're that. But you're leading these people on the road of destruction. They're glamorizing a life that there's no out. They're glamorizing a life that leads to, to hell. So I was told a young Ken Fulton, hey man, go with God. Trust God. See what God has for you. Because 
The world ain't got nothing for you. That's right. The devil, the devil want to want to steal, kill, and destroy. He want to destroy right. you. That's but right. But God, you know, the four hundred months that was to destroy me. Right. I could have been crazy. I could have been gay. I could have been all kind of stuff. Mm. You know, the enemy was trying to, but you know, but God. But God. But God. But God. <laughs> but God. <laughs> well, you know, uh, brother, brother Fulton, I want to tell you, I, I thank you for coming on the, on uh, Life Him podcast and being an inspiration. I want to tell you, I thank your children and your family for welcoming you home with open arms. And bro, I just, you know, I encourage you to continue to stay in rooted and grounded in the word because once they let you off home confinement and we 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 in touching and we agreeing on that amen 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 you get ready bro god he has some wonderful things in store for you and i and i as well and other brothers who are coming home who were, who were once in that struggle amen man thank you for having me i enjoyed it i'm excited on what the lord has for me i'm excited about the connections i'm making the people the Lord put you in my life for a reason. He's putting different people in my life for a reason. And, yeah. and, and it's and it's and it's for my good, but for his glory. So I'm, I'm just excited at the opportunity that the Lord is presenting. I'm, I'm, I'm being patient and, and I'm being mindful and, yeah. and I'm just seeking him. So I want to just thank you, brother Lord. All right. Well, you know, like you, man, I got to give all praise to God because had he not brought you and I through this, we wouldn't be here right now, bro. Hey man, you know the song. You know my one of my favorite songs is Helen Baylor. Oh, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would you be, bro? Where would I be? <laughs> hey, I would be still behind that fence. <laughs> yes. yes, amen, amen. Okay, brother Ken. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, close this out, bro. And you okay, know, like I said, man, God bless you, bro. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Listen, I ain't scared to say this because ain't ain't no, I'm not gay enough, bro. I love you in Christ, bro. I love hey, you. I love you too, brother. Love I you love in the Lord. All right. Amen. All right, God hey, bless. All right, brother. All right, brother.